Welcome to the Renewing the Center podcast. My name is Chris McDaniel, and we want to thank you for joining us today. Here at Renewing the Center, we're answering God's call to work for the spiritual renewal of the church. For more information, visit renewingthecenter.org. We're glad to have you with us today. Now, let's make some space for God's renewing work. The date of the publishing of this podcast episode is the 6th of January, which is Epiphany in the church calendar. And so we're going to read a classic Epiphany passage today, which is Matthew 2, beginning in verse 1, the story of the Magi. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born the king of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened and all Jerusalem with him and calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. And they told him in the land of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet and you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means among the least of the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. And then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. And then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word so that I may go also and pay him homage. When the king, when they heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising until it stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they knelt down and paid him homage. And then opening their treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Father, I pray that you would give us grace today to see in a familiar story something that would benefit and grow and bless our souls as we seek to grow in you. Help us, God, to have an epiphany on this epiphany day. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. So that word, epiphany, means to show or to make known or to reveal. And in the Western churches, such as the one we're a part of, uh, we remember the coming of the the wise men, the magi, to bring gifts to the Christ child because these see Jesus for who he really is, even in his infancy. Uh, after the shepherds, maybe they were first, um, the first outsiders, if you will, to see Jesus. And so we're going to look at this passage with an eye towards seeing what God would show us or want us to see regarding his heart. The first thing we need to sit with are these wise men from the east. Who are they? Uh, who are these travelers from faraway lands? They, they were likely from Persia. They um, were astronomer astrologers. They studied the stars to discern fates in the night sky. And they look up and they see something that tells them that a king in Israel is being born. See, these men were not looking for a Jewish savior. They were looking at the stars to see what the stars would tell them, and the stars do tell them something. They, the stars tell them something great. They, they have an, a revelation in the natural world that moves them. So these outsiders start moving. They start moving closer and closer to Israel and consequently closer to Jesus. And so they respond to something. And I think one of the first things that we need to think about when we sit here on Epiphany is that God can and does use natural uh, phenomenon to sometimes get our attention. I, I felt 
God's nearness and presence when I've been um, in the mountains or in the woods or watching a sunset or a sunrise. These things matter, and they can sometimes stir something in us. I think the Magi here give us a, a, a look into the fact that God can use um, natural occurrences to stir our hearts and our curiosity. But we can't leave it there. See, even the Magi couldn't leave it there. Um, the second thing I think we need to see here is that outside natural phenomenon, the stars, if you will, will only get you so far. See, the star only got them to Jerusalem, and then they needed direction. And as we think about gaining insight into our own lives, um, experiencing God on a hike all by yourself um, will get you maybe awake, will stir things in your heart. But if you're going to get all the way to God, you're going to have to move beyond general revelation into something more submitted or particular. If you will, general revelation will get you into the ballpark, but more needs to happen in order to find Jesus. And so I want you to imagine for a few moments these strangely dressed foreigners showing up in a large caravan walking down the streets of Jerusalem asking about a newborn king. I mean, it would have been a crazy, wild thing to watch. History tells us that... Um, tradition tells us there were three of them, but that's only because they gave three different kinds of gifts. This would have been a large caravan of wealthy foreigners coming into Jerusalem. They end up at the palace because where else would a king be born? And when Herod finds out about this, we're told he was disquieted. Herod was a terrible man, a nervous, self-preservation-oriented ruler, and he, um, he freaks out when he hears about this king. Why? Because Jesus was going to be a rival to Herod. If, if Jesus is the true king, then Herod is not. And one of the things that strikes me here on a day like Epiphany is that I have to also see Jesus as one who will be a rival to my own desire to set up my own little kingdoms. See, many of us are just trying to carve out a place for ourselves. We're looking to secure significance for ourselves. And Jesus always wants to be in first place. He always wants to be and needs to be the one who is leading the charge, and Herod could not abide with that. And many of us, if we're honest, we struggle with the fact that Jesus calls for our surrender and submission. He calls us to lay down our little kingdoms at his feet. Well, Herod was going to have none of that. He actually wanted to kill the Christ child. There was trouble brewing because he saw Jesus as a threat. And this has got me to thinking, even as a Christian, even as a Christian leader, are there places in my own life where I perceive Jesus's authority as a threat to my own autonomy? What happens to you when your autonomy is threatened, when your sovereignty is threatened? See, Jesus will always challenge our sovereignty. Um, he will always assert himself in leadership. And many of us, if we're really honest, are threatened by that. We don't like it. Um, we don't feel comfortable with it. And we may not be like Herod. We may not breathe out murderous threats, but we maybe do some mild equivalent. So I want us to sit with these magi for a few moments on this Epiphany Day. We're told that the scriptures direct their search and lead it all the way to Bethlehem. And so they go actually to the home of Jesus. And let's just sit with this entry into the home of Jesus from these Magi's perspective. After their strange talk with Herod, they're sent on another search, and they get 
to a place where that star starts moving again and it hangs over one spot. It hangs over a house and Mary and Joseph are not at the barn anymore. Jesus is now living in temporary dwellings with his mom and dad while mother and son recuperate. And we're told that the Magi, these uh, pagans, astrologer astronomers, that when they find Jesus, they are overjoyed. Actually, the Greek language in which this text is written uses four words to describe how happy these fellows were. The, the, the translation from Greek is literally this, rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. This is the appropriate response to what they were about to see. They come in and they encounter Jesus. These outsiders, these men from so far away, these men who did not know the rules, who were not immersed in Jewish thought, they see Jesus and they rejoice exceedingly with great joy. They recognize that they're in the presence of someone truly great. And so what do they do? They bring their absolute best. I think that one of the great calls of Epiphany is that we would see Jesus for who he is and we would be prepared to bring our absolute best to him. So we're told that on entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and they worshiped. They gave Jesus worth. They ascribed the first gift they gave him was one of worth. And I would argue that the first gift you ought to give Jesus is worth. You should ascribe, I should ascribe worth to him. And so the Magi enter the house and they kneel upon the ground before the child Jesus as Mary holds him tight. And I just would love to have been a fly on the wall. These strange men from far away kneel before a baby and they open up their treasure chest and they offer him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And rather than be distracted about what those gifts mean, and y'all, there have been wonderful books written about what those gifts represent. Here's what I want you to see. They brought things of value. They brought their absolute best. And I believe the Lord calls each and every one of us to bring things of value to him. Our time, our treasure, our talent, our best. And they laid them before Jesus. And so if we're going to learn from all the players in this story, and I think there's an invitation for us to do that on a day like Epiphany, I think we would ask these questions. How might I recognize the work of God in and around me, even if it seems so small at first? That's what the Magi learned. What does it mean for me to bring my best to God? That's, that's what the Magi teach us. But if we think about Herod, where might I be threatened? Where might my little kingdom be encroached upon by Jesus? And am I willing to lay down my own kingdom and take his up? And I think Mary invites us to make room for the unexpected and to learn to think and ponder and treasure mysteries. Mary was a treasurer. And I believe one of the invitations for you and me and frankly one of the gifts that we want to give here at Renewing the Center is to teach you and encourage you to treasure in your heart what it is that God might be doing. So I hope you'll do that today. Father, I pray for my friends and I ask for grace. I ask you to teach us to ponder and treasure. I pray that we would lay down our kingdoms and that we would recognize you. Um, even when you seem or the work of your um, work in our lives seems maybe small and insignificant at first, help us to see it for what it is. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Happy Epiphany. 
Thanks for listening. If you resonate with what you've heard today, we hope you'll subscribe to the podcast. You can also follow us on Instagram at Renewing the Center. God bless you, and we look forward to having you back with us next time. Thank you.